Hey guys, it's me, Emily, here, and welcome back or welcome to Emily Unfiltered. So for today's podcast episode, I wanted to be going over John 9, verses 1 through 41. And although that might seem like a long set of verses, um, we're only going to be going over one passage, which is um, Jesus healing a blind man. Um, We were going over this in church last week, and... um, I saw a verse a couple days ago and it kind of correlated with this passage and it made me want to, you know, do a podcast episode on it and how we can relate to different um, Bible verses, um, one in John and then one in 2 Corinthians um, kind of together and how um, it relates to our life and how we can use um, these passages to spread the word about God to um, non-believers and I'm very excited to go over these passages with you guys. They're very good. Um, so yeah, we're just going to get right on into it. Um, so yeah, like I said, we're going to be mainly focusing on the blind man being healed by Jesus. And then if you guys aren't familiar with 2 Corinthians 5, 7 through 9, it's basically the, um, a passage talking about living by faith, not by sight. So that's kind of just the preface before we get into it. I hope you guys enjoy this week's episode. Um, this episode is also going to be sponsored by Anchor. Thank you, Anchor, for sponsoring it. Um, and let's just get on right in to the sponsored segment, and then we'll get into um, the actual podcast. Okay, so let's go ahead and just get right on into John 9, verse 1. Um, and I'm just going to be reading it. You know, I might stop every once in a while to go over maybe what we're talking about. Um, maybe if there's anything that's kind of confusing, we could always go over that. But just for right now, I'm going to just start reading. Um, so let's go to verse 1. So it says, As he passed by, he saw a man blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, It was not that this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. We must work in the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Having said these things, he spit on the ground and made mud with saliva. Then he anointed the man's eyes with the mud and said to him, Go, wash in the pool of Siloam. Um, Siloam, if I'm pronouncing that right, it means scent. Um, as in S-E-N-T, like you are being sent somewhere. Um, and then it says, so he went and washed and came back seeing. So just to go over that real quick, those were verses one through seven. Um, so basically it's Jesus and his disciples were walking. They saw a man who was blind and, you know, immediately his disciples were asking him, like, who sinned? Like, why is this man blind? You know, why is he dealing with, you know, what he's dealing with? Um, kind of like, what what did he do? Like, what, what did he do to deserve this? And Jesus is telling them, like, nothing, he didn't do anything. His parents didn't do anything. Not everything is, you know, a punishment, you know? Like, he just was born this way because there is sin and evil in this world and things like that happen and we don't have to we shouldn't be so concerned as to why he's blind but more so what we can do for him because he's blind and that's kind of the premise of this part of the um passage so far um so jesus you know went up to him and you know he spit on the ground he made the mud with saliva and he put it put it on the man's eyes and this was seen as a very dirty thing to do back then, you know? This wasn't something that you just did. You didn't just 
you know, spit on the ground, mix it with dirt, and, you know, put it on someone. Like, that's, that's gross. But Jesus didn't really care about that. It was more so trust in me, trust in what I'm doing. This might seem gross right now, but there's actually going to be a really good, um, you know, thing that's going to come out of this. So, just trust in me and this process, even though it seems a little bit questionable right now. And I think that we could also relate that to our lives. Um, you know, we might not always trust God in the process because, you know, he's moving things around. He might be taking things away from us. He might be putting things in our life and we don't really understand what's going on necessarily. And it might not be what we necessarily want for ourselves. But, you know, at the end of the day, God works things together all for the plan that he has set for us, which is always going to be the best plan. Um, so I think that's how we can relate that to, you know, our lives as well. And then I also wanted to point out verse four where it says, we must work the works of him who sent me as in God while it is day because night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Basically saying that night is coming, you know, Jesus was going to be leaving soon. You know, the, when Jesus would, you know, leave earth when they, when well, Jesus never left, realistically, obviously, we know that. But, you know, when Jesus was going to be crucified on the cross, he was going to be, you know, gone for three days. Um, and obviously, he would come back, but the disciples wouldn't know that at the time, right? Um, basically saying, you know, pick up what Jesus is telling you. You know, don't forget his teachings. You know, you take a class sometimes and you are in this class for nine months. It's really great. You know, you learn so much. But then as soon as summer comes, you know, that's when you kind of like forget everything that you learned and you just kind of like, it, it was just useless at the end of the day. Um, and that's not what God wants for us. You know, we, he has the Bible for us that we can read and discuss with others and really meditate and study on it. Um, and this is, uh, this is a book that we can't just read something and forget what it's saying. We have to actively, you know, put it into our lives and really, um, take his words and don't, you know, take them for granted. Um, and I think that that's also what God is saying in verses four through five. But let's go ahead and go to verse eight. It says, the neighbors and those who had seen him before as a beggar were saying, is this not the man who used to sit and beg? Some said it is he. Others said no, but he is just like him. He kept saying, I am the man. So they said to him, then how were your eyes opened? He answered, the man called Jesus made mud and anointed my eyes and said to me, go to Salome and wash. So I went and washed and received my sight. They said to him, where is he? He said, I do not know. They brought, they brought to the Pharisees, the man who was formerly, who had formerly been blind. Now it was a Sabbath day when Jesus made the mud and opened his eyes. Um, that's verse 14 that I just read, and that's also important because you're not supposed to do things like that on the Sabbath. The Sabbath is like purely just a day of rest. Um, so the fact that Jesus performed a miracle on that day was kind of, um, it was seen as very dishonorable to the Pharisees. Um, like it was a lack of respect for the Sabbath when really um, Jesus had done a miraculous thing um, on this man. Um, so that's very important. Um, so back to verse 15, it says, so the Pharisees asked again, how did he receive his sight? And he said to them, he put mud on my eyes and I washed and now I see. Some of the, Pharise some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God for he does not keep the Sabbath. 
um, hence what I was just saying um, a couple minutes ago, how, you know, how could Jesus possibly be sent from God if he's disrespecting the Sabbath? That's basically what they were saying. It says, but others said, how can a man who is a sinner do such signs? And there was a division among them. So they said again to the blind man, what do you say about him since he has opened your eyes? He said, he is a prophet. The Jews did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight until they called the parents of the man who had received his sight and asked them, is this your son who you say was born blind? How then does he now see? His parents answered, we know that this is our son and that he was born blind, but how he now sees we do not know, nor do we know who opened his eyes. Ask him, he is of age, he will speak for himself." His parents said these things because they feared the Jews, for the Jews had already agreed that if anyone should confess Jesus to be Christ, he was to be put out of the synagogue. Therefore, his parents said, he is of age, ask him. Um, the parents basically didn't want kind of the pressure on them. They didn't really want to speak for their son because if they did, they knew that um, they would have been kicked out of the church. And it was not a risk that they were willing to take. Um, so they kind of just left it in their son's hands to, um, you know, speak for himself and tell them what had happened and that he didn't know he was of an age where he no longer needed his parents to speak up for him. Um, verse 24 says, so for the second time, they called the man who had been blind and said to him, give glory to God. We know that this man is a sinner. Basically saying, don't give glory to Jesus. Jesus is a, Jesus is a human. He's a sinner. He can't do these things. You know, why are you giving him the praise when it's really God who did this for you? It says um, in 25, he answered, whether he is a sinner, I do not know. One thing I do know, that though I was blind, now I see. They said to him, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered them, I have told you already and you would not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? That's a little sarcasm. Like, I, when I read that, that's like, you know, like, I feel like the blind man who's obviously no longer blind is basically being like, you know, why are you asking me so much? Why are you asking me again and again when you don't believe me? Like, are you trying to be his disciple? Like, why Why do you care so much? And um, I kind of like that sassiness from the blind man. Like, you know, props to him, you know what I mean? Verse 28 says, and they reviled him saying, you are his disciple, but we are disciples of Moses. We know that God has spoken to Moses, but as for this man, we do not know where he comes from. The man answered, why this is an amazing thing. You do not know where he comes from and yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners, but if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, God listens to him. Never since the world began has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a man born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. I love that um, passage of verses. That's um, verse 30 through 33. Um, I love how... The formerly blind man is standing up for Jesus when he doesn't know who he is. Um, that's just a very powerful thing. He doesn't know his. He doesn't know who he is, where he came from, his family. Um, you know what religion he. You know is a part of, or anything like that. He just knows that this man did a miraculous thing for him, and that because of that, he trusts that you know this man came from God especially when no one had done something like that ever before. Um, and this man is passionate about this, and he's passionate about spreading the word um, of Jesus, even though he doesn't, you know, even though he could potentially get in trouble for that. 
Um, and in verse 34, it says, they answered him, you were born in utter sin and would you teach us? And they cast him out. It says in 35, Jesus heard that they had cast him out and having found him, he said, do you believe in the son of man? He answered, and who is he, sir, that I may believe, that I may believe in him. Jesus said to him, you have seen him and it is he who is speaking to you. He said, Lord, I believe. And he worshiped him. Jesus said, For judgment I came into this world, that those who do not see may see, and those who see may become blind. Some of the Pharisees near him heard these things and said to him, Are we also blind? Jesus said to them, If you were blind, you would have no guilt. But now that you say, We see, your guilt remains. So basically, I just love John 9. Um, I love, I love, love, love this passage. We just finished it. That was the whole thing. And, um, basically to sum it up, you know, because, like I said, he, the, you know, previously blind man, you know, he, he got cast out. He wasn't really cooperating with the Pharisees, um, in their opinion. And because of that, they cast him out. They felt like he wasn't necessarily being honest and that he had no right to be there anymore. So, you know, when Jesus had heard that, he, found him and asked him, do you believe in the son of man? And the man responded, you know, who, who would he be that I would believe in him? You know, like, I don't know who he is. And then Jesus said that you have seen him and it is he who is speaking to you. So Jesus revealed himself to him as the son of man. This is when Jesus is starting to reveal himself through these miracles and um, allowing people and the nations to know that this, the son of man has come, you know, this is, this was Jesus, Jesus's time to really show himself and that, you know, like he said previously earlier in the passage, that night is coming, you know, that, you know, the world is changing and that he's the savior. And, you know, if you want to be saved, you, you, you need to follow him and you need to believe in him and, and let him love you the way he, he, he loves you, you know what I mean? Um, so the Lord, or the, you know, guy started to worship him, and he said that I believe, and Jesus basically said, you know, you did not see, but now you see, and I opened your eyes, but there are some people that even though they can see, you know, they can look around, they see things, you know, just like you and I might be looking around and we're seeing our surroundings and, you know, the things around us. But do we see, you know, do we see the supernatural is what Jesus is basically saying, you know. There are people that, yeah, they can see the physical, but have their eyes been opened to be able to see this, you know, other realm around them? You know, just like maybe you and I could look at a tree, you might just see a tree, and I am able to see you know, the wind blowing through that tree and how that wind came from the breath of God and how that tree, you know, is a symbol of growth and roots and deep roots and where are your roots coming from and are you, are you rooted in God and things like that. You know, you can see things differently, um, even though they might be very small, you know, just like a tree, you know, it's just, a, it's just a tree, you know what I mean? But there are two different types of people that might look at that tree and see very, very different things. Um, and that's basically what God is saying to him, you know, like this blind man was now able to see around him, but he was also now able to see, 
that, um, you know, with a little bit of faith, you could get so far, you know what I mean? Yet these Pharisees can see their surroundings, yet they can't see the miracles that God is working, even though they're right in front of them. And that is, that is the main point of this passage, you know? If your eyes are not opened and you're not allowing your eyes to see things and you're not allowing them to hear things, you're never going to be, your heart won't be open to what God has for you. Um, and it's such a powerful, powerful message, you know? Just like, you know, someone might read John 9, you know, I've, I've read John 9 probably multiple times in the past and I, you know, just read it for how it is, you know. I was young, I didn't really know. I might have been young in age, but, you know, I also might have been young in my spiritual journey, you know. Sometimes you grow in your own spirit and you're able to see things and think of things, you know, differently, more critically. Um, and now I'm able to do that, you know. So just how I could have read this a while ago and I would have just, you know, read about a blind man now being able to see. Now, in my part of my life that I'm in in this journey and my spiritual journey, I'm able to now read the same passage that I've read countless times before, and now I'm able to relate it to so many different, you know, messages that God is trying to reveal to to his followers, to his readers, um, and that's such a beautiful, beautiful thing. And now that we're done with John 9, I wanted to read the um, 2 Corinthians 5, 7 through 9, which is that second passage that I was telling you guys about. And it says, For we live by faith, not by sight. We are confident. I say, I say, and would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So we make it our goal to please him, whether we are at home in the body or away from it. I love this passage. I saw it. Um, like I said a couple days ago, and it's just so powerful as well as John 9 is, saying, for we live by faith, not by sight. It's something that, you know, a lot of people who do not believe in God struggle with, and it's something that, you know, we have to remember as believers of God um, that, you know, non-believers, they, 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 don't, they don't necessarily understand the concept of living by faith, not by sight. You know, we, we, it's very hard to believe in something that you can't see. And that relates to John 9 because, you know, this blind man's, his eyes, his eyes were opened, but yet even before they were opened, he had faith that God would let him see, that God, that God would use whoever this man is, um, because, because he didn't know it was the son of God, you know, he, he had faith that God would use this man to, bring healing to his eyes and allow him to be able to see things the way he's never seen them before. Um, so he, he had that, he had that spiritual sight that he might not have had physically yet. And these Pharisees, even though they had their physical sight, they didn't have this spiritual knowledge or sight to be able to see, um, or hear, you know, what this formerly blind man was telling them. You know, and that's, that's so powerful. You know, I, I, th there's no other word to describe it other than just pure powerful. Um, living by faith is something so hard and it, and it is a hard concept. Um, I can, I cannot, you know, relate to, 
you know, I, I was born into a Christian faith, into a Christian family, you know, so this was, like, this was second, this was, like, first nature to me, you know, like, this is just something I have always known, so I know that that has helped me in tremendous ways, and I could not imagine how hard it could potentially be for someone who grew up in an atheist family or maybe a Muslim family or whatever, you know, religion or if you were just plain non-religious you know, whatever you grew up with, you know, how could you grow up with this, you know, one lifestyle that you've been living with this one belief system and then be told that, hey, there's actually a God out there. There's actually a whole nother realm. Um, and as long as you allow your eyes to be opened, you'll start seeing things that you've never seen before. Um, and that there's, you know, there's a heaven out there. There's a hell out there. There's angels around. There's demons around. There's, you know, more to life than just the physical and the material. And I can't imagine how hard it, it, it would be to believe that when, you know, your parents, you know, while you were growing up, they told you that there was nothing else other than, you know, what's right in front of us and the things that we can touch and the things that we, you know, feel. And um, it's, you know, it, it is hard for some people. I'm sure it's harder for some people than it is for others just like I'm sure it's easier for some people than it is for a lot of other people. Um, and I think, like I said, growing up in a Christian faith where I went to a Christian school um, and was just plainly surrounded by literally all Christians, it made growing up in a Christian faith very helpful to me um, as I'm now going into adulthood. Um so I think as people, as Christians, we need to realize that not everybody grew up with that same story and that same, you know, life that maybe you and I have. And um, that we have to keep that in mind when preaching the gospel to people that don't believe in that kind of stuff. Um, and that it's, it's very different than what some people have always grown up to believe in and that it's not their fault and that we have to be very slow to anger and that we have to be quick to love them and cherish them and, you know, try to understand where they're coming from and what their concerns are and, you know, what it would mean for them leaving behind a life of, you know, what they've always been used to to leave or to lead a life, um, of, you know, Christianity. It's, it's very different. And I think that sometimes Christians forget that. Um, so yeah, I really did like 2 Corinthians 5, 7 through 9, um, mainly live by faith, not by sight. It's something that I preach to my friends who are, you know, atheists that, you know, I can't, I cannot prove to you that God exists if you are not seeing with the same eyes that I'm seeing from, just like the blind man's story. You know, I, you cannot prove to someone that God is real if their heart is not opened to believing that God could, po like, could potentially be real. You cannot prove um, that God is real to someone who does not want to believe that God is real. Um, and what I always tell them is, you know, Christianity is all about living by faith. It's about having a relationship with God and trusting and believing that he's there and he listens and that he's working everything together for good. And the reason that I know that God is real is because I've seen him work miracles throughout my own life. You know, even though they might not have been as clear as, you know, a blind man becoming, you know, being able to see, you know, it might not be something like that, but God has lifted me out of depressions. He's given, he's taken away, um, you know, spirits of anxiety 
and um, things like that in my life. You know, he's he's worked in so many, so many miraculous ways, very, very beautiful ways in my life. And he's he's done so much that I couldn't even, I couldn't, I, I have run out of, you know, the list is just, I, I wouldn't even remember all of it, you know. There, there have been countless, countless times where God has shown himself and revealed himself to me. To where, you know, it, there's not even a question in my mind, does God exist? You know, God God very clearly exists um, to me. And it's not because, you know, believing in him makes me feel better. You know, when you believe in God, you know, some sometimes it's, it, it's not easy, you know, believing in God and not only believing in him, but loving him and having a relationship with him and actively following him and changing your lifestyle for him. It's not, it's not an easy thing. Um, and I think sometimes it could come across as that maybe to people who are not in the Christian faith. Um, but it's not a very, it's not always a very comfortable, comfortable lifestyle. Um, you know, you're going to go through things just because you're a Christian doesn't mean your life is perfect or that you're perfect. It's actually quite the opposite. Um, none of us are perfect. We all make mistakes and decisions that aren't pleasing to God. Um, but it, it's just the, you know, bottom line of knowing that no matter what, God loves us and that his mercy and his grace is a bottomless, you know, pit. You know what I mean? Like, he will never, he'll never get annoyed with us or stop loving us or, you know, give up on us. We are, we are so worthy to him. And that's insane to me as well. Um, so you know, we just have to kind of keep that in mind, you know, live by, living by faith, not by sight, when talking to people who do not believe. That's what I mainly wanted to get across in this podcast episode. Um, you cannot talk to non-believers like you would to your friends who have believed their whole life. You know, it's a very different story. It's a different, um, situation, and um, you can't just jump into these really theological, like theologically hard debates and discussions when really you just need to kind of start and open with, you know, God loves you and he sent his son Jesus to die for you. And that's the main principle of it and the, and, you know, the foundation of Christianity and that, you know, this is not some religion that is meant to keep you in this bubble of life or this strict rule book to follow and that Christianity is very different and that it's all about a friendship and a relationship and a mutual respect between you and your father in heaven and um you know Christianity is such a deep dive you know into like a bottomless pool you know you're always going to read the Bible as time goes on and you're going to find new things in it and you're going to get new messages and you will be able to relate it to more things. And, you know, there's so much about Christianity and it's such, I mean, the Bible is truly written by poets, you know. It's it's written in such a intricate way um, and you just have to remember that not everybody is able to see with the same eyes that you're able to see with and that doesn't mean that you're better than them also i don't want it to come across that way i just want it to come across as a reminder that um we need to be careful with how we present ourselves as christians and how we um talk with and through our speech and how we 
um, who we represent at the end of the day. And um, we just have to keep those factors in mind when we're talking to people who are different than us and have different belief systems and lifestyles. Um, so yeah, anyways, that's basically the whole episode. Um, it's shorter, I think, than the last one. So that's, you know, that's pretty cool. I don't want to keep you guys for too long. Um, but I'm just going to go ahead and pray with you guys and uh, we'll end this episode. Um, so dear Jesus, thank you for this day. Thank you for all that you're doing in my life and this listener's life. Thank you for being there for us and loving us um, endlessly. And thank you for giving us these stories in the Bible that we're able to, you know, look to whenever we need, you know, whenever we need it. And even when we don't think we need it, um, and that they're always there for us to guide us and, you know, teach us and that you're always there for us, um, even though we might not necessarily always feel it. And um, thank you for giving us the story of the blind man and um, help us to remember this as we go on through our week and through our life and um, just keep these things that we've talked about in mind as we talk to and have conversations with people who are different than us and um, to always have a heart of compassion and um more understanding um and just overall just love in our hearts for people even when we disagree about things and um yeah so anyways in jesus name we pray amen amen and amen i hope you has a how i hope you guys have a good day a good night whenever it is that you're listening to this um and just remember that god is always with you always always with you um yeah so that wraps it up i'll see you guys you know whenever i see you guys next maybe next week maybe sooner maybe later who knows um but anyways i hope you guys enjoyed um and i hope you guys have a great day bye y'all